I was hoping we might try and solve the mystery of poor Clive Rossfield. A bearer of the Sambrequois Imperial Army sent behind enemy lines. With orders to wait until it turned into a brawl, then slit the Dominant's throat in the chaos. I didn't know it was her. How could it be? And so, to save her neck, you slit your sergeants, then set your sights on the hills. Conveniently forgetting how the Empire deals with deserters. Because with that on your chop, my friend, we both know you won't be getting far. And welcome to episode 55 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Clive to my Sidolphus, John. Now, John, I usually bring the interesting topics in our header here, but I'm going to leave it to you. I'm going to I'm going to pass the ball. What do you got? For oh, me? my God. What are we going to start you with? You cannot do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I am not an on the fly kind of guy. You're going to get me to go on the spirals and tangents and start talking about sports or something. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, speaking of sports, did you see that arcade football game? I does that look any interesting? Yeah. Any interest in you? Um, I mean, I loved Blitz. Blitz was, you know, definitely part of my childhood through and through. But uh, it does not. No, I, I think part of like what makes a game like that special um, is the simplicity and how simple Blitz was. And I can't remember what this one was called, but I. Kn- yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. I know there's like some mecha- wild card yep, football. Yep, wild card football. And I know one of the uh, <laughs> one of the like little bullet points for it was like, you know, use use any of your wild cards of one of 15 wild cards to modify the game and change it up. And it's like as soon as you start doing that kind of shit, I'm I'm out because blitz and like that kind of stuff. It's like yeah, let me pick my pass. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know people's elbow you on the sidelines, and the score is gonna be 56 to 49, and that's fine. But as soon as you start <laughs> you know throwing all these things, I don't know it. it I feel like it will not ever stick in a way that gets that simplicity, um, you know, where you just want to keep kind of doing it over and over and over and over again, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, think of like NBA Jam too, right? It's simple. You're just two guys going up and down the court. You can get on fire. That's maybe the extent of it. Same with Blitz. You know, you might have boost. That's it. Um, right. But other than that, it's just, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a perfect kind of co-op, couch co-op game. Um, and if this starts to, like, try and be, like, an eSports level thing, I don't know if it is. Uh, nah, nah, nah. That's not what it should be. <laughs> <laughs> See there, I helped you Thank out, you. John. Yeah. We got <laughs> oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get you back for that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. Well, a big video game came out, so we got to get to talking about Mm -hmm. that. So let's talk about how the show works. John and I both bring three things to talk about for a total of six things. It can be a news item. It can be a video game we're playing. It can be an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod, and a YouTube comment on our YouTube page at PlayStationPals. Any of those things, we bring it and we talk about it. And, of course, we're going to talk about the big game, the big... You know, Sony console release, console exclusive Synapse. release, storied franchise, Synapse, <laughs> Crash Team Rumble. 
Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, Final Fantasy, a new Final Fantasy game talked uh, came out. We briefly talked about the demo uh, two episodes ago, but it is out in the wild officially. It is sitting up at an 89 on Open Critic, as we talked about last week. It's doing very well. It's the fastest PlayStation. Uh, five video game selling well just over three million copies already and uh yeah john and i have played it i'm about 10 <coughs> excuse me 10 hours in john how far are you um i'm about probably seven i would say now i, I play slowly because i usually like leave my my game on go upstairs make, make some oh, okay. pizza but you know it's probably in nick time probably like five hours okay yeah that, that sounds about right from where i remember you saying yep. you were um, but if you're not familiar with the franchise, every one of these games is different, and there's obviously been 16 of them. Uh, we don't include 11 and 14 because those were massive, massive online RPGs, so they're kind of different. Mm-hmm. But every Final Fantasy game is like a different setting, uh, new cast of characters, and and that is what this is too. So this game takes place in the fictional world of Valistea. Valistea. Yeah, I hate the S into TH sound. Valistea, <laughs> I think, is, is how I would say it. It's just a dumb, dumb, dumb name. But continue. Yep, and it's it kind of takes up two continents, Ash and Storm, and uh, on these. On these uh, continents are what are called mother crystals, and they kind of provide the magic in the game. So uh, they're big cities, and uh, entire nations are built around these mother crystals. They mine crystals so they can use them in everyday life, so on and so forth. And then on top of that, there are dominants in the world, and these are a very select individuals who embody the summons of Final Fantasy Past, but they're called icons in this. So Phoenix, Ifrit, Ramu, Shiva. Uh, what's the big guy name? Big guy's name? It's just Titan. Titan. Yeah. <laughs> He's, Titan, it's so hot right uh, now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so people are born with these abilities, and they get their traits. Like if you're Shiva's dominant, you can use ice magic, and then you also have the ability to turn into Shiva herself mm-hmm. and and be all huge and giant and get in big giant battles, which is, as we talked about, how this game opens in a big Shiva versus Titan battle. Um, but, uh, yeah, John, let's uh, let's hear your overall impressions because uh, this is a long game and we're just both getting kind of started here uh, of how of the game you've played so sure. far. Um, yeah, I definitely have a lot of varied thoughts on it. Um, you know, first <laughs> and foremost, I think it's fantastic. I think it's definitely a high point of the series. Um, just to give uh, the listeners kind of a, a background of my Final Fantasy experience, I think everybody knows about 10. Um, you know, that's one of my favorite games of all time. But I've beaten 12. I've played... Um, you know the first uh, the Midgar section of Final Fantasy 7 the original one and I've beaten 7 remake but other than that I haven't really touched a lot so um, but this one it definitely feels like the grown up Final Fantasy that you know fans of the franchise who have kind of grown with it um, would kind of want at this point in their lives you know it's very dark very gritty um, you know the comparison of Game mm-hmm. of Thrones is is very apt um, to a lot in a, in a lot oh, of yes. different ways um, and I'm sure we'll get into that but 
Um, I think there's an incredible, um, they did an incredible job in a couple key areas. I think so far the spectacle, the cinematic nature of the game is incredible. There's some cutscenes in this game that I just had my jaw on the floor watching for 20 minutes straight of these, uh, as you mentioned, icons kind of duking it out with, on these big battlefields. Um, you know, and, and I'm only five hours into it and I've already kind of had a bunch of those moments and people that I know uh, who are further than me uh, have just said like, dude, you haven't seen shit yet. So uh, on that on that front, you know, incredible. Um, I think the combat is very fluid. It's you know, it's it's simplistic at first, but I can definitely see where, um, you know, where it's going to go. And, you know, the fluidity of it all is very nice. You know, famously done by Ryota Suzuki of uh, who is the um, combat designer for Devil May Cry. Uh, You can feel it really feel those bones there. But, you know, it's very fast, very, um, very fun to kind of mix in ranged with up close stuff. Um, You're constantly recycling your special abilities, um, which, you know, I thought was kind of, you know, those were going to be more additive to the combat experience. But it almost seems like once you unlock a second icon and you can switch back and forth between them, it's like you're just kind of bouncing between those all the time and using, you know, regular slashes mm-hmm. and things in between. So uh, really lets you kind of play play around with that. Um, so really dig the combat. Um, and third, I think the voice acting um, and music, I'll just combine those two because it's kind of just from the auditory side of it, are both uh, fantastic. Um, the Clive specifically, I think his voice actor is doing an incredible job. You can really feel some of the pain in his voice at, at specific moments in the story. Um, you know, he's got that typical Final Fantasy broody kind of thing that Cloud does, and a lot of mm-hmm. other protagonists have. Yeah. But you know, it's 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 kind of part of the experience. You know, in in a similar way of a a movie that's campy. You know, it's kind of the Final Fantasy camp. So I I, I came to expect that, but I think the voice actor is doing great. Sadolfus. So um, or Sid, as from Final Fantasy fame, there's a Sid in every single one of these games. Um, but that's yeah. I was going to ask you just a yeah. quick aside: Who is Sid in Ten? Uh, it's uh, Riku's dad. He's kind of like the the Albed are a um, group of people that are kind of kind of like the Brandon in this one, and people don't like them. They're they're kind of hated upon. But he he's Riku's dad, who's kind of like the head right. of the Albed, okay. and he's he's now on the uh, the space or the airship. Uh, yep. Gotcha. So uh, his voice actor in 16 is uh, Ralph Ineson is his name. You've probably heard his voice, seen him in a ton of different things. He's very famous. So they got the talent for this game. Um, so that's all great as well. And a quick and a quick aside about him is he's having quite a month because he's also in Diablo 4. So he's people are loving this actor right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I saw uh, an interview with him where he was kind of saying like, yeah, I, I signed up for these projects like a while ago. I had no idea that they were going to be coming out so close together. So he's kind of he's kind of <laughs> li- living in the video game realm right now, but it's uh it's pretty cool to see those yeah. guys kind of infiltrate this space, but um and 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 Sidolphus is the best character by far so far. Like that character is incredible. Yeah. Like just just everything. The, the voice acting is great. The, the the this his demeanor and his little playfulness with uh, Clive, who's ultra serious all yeah. the time, is just you, great. You always you know, need he's, he's a you always need levity, you know, in any scenario. And usually the levity character is becomes a fan favorite, and he uh, he is he is very very good. Um, and go. go go ahead, finish your thought, and then we'll we'll kind of divide up. Nope, into I was the, about to I was about to we'll switch. Talk. So go go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so let's just stick on. Let's just start with the story very first off because we we got talking about Sid. Um, I will say, you haven't met Jill yet, have you? Uh, I mean, like, in current time. Yeah, I mean, I I did. Well, I you know, got to keep this spoiler free. Um, 
Yeah, I, I did come across her again. It's the first yeah, few she, hours. You're, are you talking about the demo stuff where you you rescue her? Well, no. I mean, I met her in in the future, but I don't think she's waking waking okay. up again. Right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. So that 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 character is very boring. <laughs> yeah, maiden in distress, kind of. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, on that side, um, but. Uh, but yeah, the, another detail about this world is two things. That Clive can absorb other icon abilities. That's kind of how you expand your move set. Uh, so he, you know, he'll get, you know, um, uh, who's the wind one? Uh, <laughs> uh, Garuda. Garuda, yes, Garuda. Uh, he, that's the second ability you absorb. So then you can start using wind attacks, and then you know I j- just got Ramu, so now I got lightning attacks, and so on and so forth. And I, the expectation is you're going to have all of them, mm. right? You're going to have you're going to have Shiva's abilities and all that. Um, but also that the magic users in this are branded, and they're kind of the plight in this uh, in the story is that uh, Sid wants to create a better world for branded. And who are treated as second-class citizens, which is really bizarre in this world that people who, who use magic are second-class citizens. Yeah, you'd think they'd be <laughs> stomping all over everybody. And your main character, Clive, is also branded. Uh, he he is in the same position. He was he's kind of used as a soldier, uh, his magic abilities. So. Um, and I know, John, you're just getting started, but I th- I'm sure you can already realize like they really lay it hard about how hard the branded have it. Like, it's it's almost obnoxious. Yeah, you know, it, it's like, you know, similarly to the L-Bed, you know, it, there is always this group in Final Fantasy that is the minority that can, constantly gets put down. And yeah, there, this is no exception. Um, so far, yeah, it's it's a little heavy-handed. We, we get it, you know, that's, that's all that Sid really cares about. And, you know, that's really the only character I've come across yet. So that's been a lot of the main mm-hmm. focus. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's definitely a Final Fantasy ass fucking, you know, minority group that they just have to constantly remind you about. Yeah. And again, again, we're in the early moments, you know, like it's, it's you know, most Final Fantasy games start out about resistances, right? To a, a higher power, you know, Cloud and Barrett and Tifa were going up against Shinra and same here. It's like, you know, Sidolphus and uh, Clive are going up against, you know, the, the Holy Empire. Yep. You know, so it's uh, so it's just a, it's a common theme, but again, I think it's just it's just a little. Says so because this is more like Game of Thrones, I feel it's a lot heavier, and it, it sticks with you more, yeah. and it's just over and over. And I, I really want the plot to move on from this point, but uh, so far it keeps coming up to where I just I'm shocked that of Clive's reaction every time. <laughs> he's just he's it's like Clive, this this is how it They're is. They're doing you what? Know, they keep treating them like this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, how much more angry can you get? We're killing them every time we find these people. But, you know, I don't know. So, but, uh, yeah, so we're very early on. I don't really want to go beyond that as far as the story, because even you are not, don't know what the overall picture is yet. No. And I don't even think I do, so. No, no, no. I mean, you know, I think we'll, we'll definitely going to want to do a spoiler cast for this one when it's all said and done. So, you know, we yep. can, you know, um just, just kind of go over probably a lot of the narrative and stuff. Then I would, I would think. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, let's move on to the combat, which is definitely, as you mentioned, a highlight of the game. 
Uh, it's def- and it's a different, the biggest departure from normal Final Fantasies. Uh, Gone are managing mana and other th- resources. I mean, you still use potions to heal yourself, but for the most part, you're waiting on cooldowns, and that's probably not shocking given that he did final. The director of this did Final Fantasy XIV uh, MMORPG before this, so. Um, so you have a, a great arsenal. You're able to, you know, again, I, I have three icons I can switch to during combat. And then each icon has a different um, ability assigned to O. So with the Phoenix, it's the Phoenix dash. With Garuda, it's kind of like this grab attack. You can pull enemies towards you or pull yourself to them. And then you can pick two abilities on top of that for each one, and then you switch between each one with L2, and then you have your sword strikes and your range magic. It gets yeah, <laughs> it gets it gets to be a lot pretty fast. And then you know you um, you have standard abilities that you can unlock and upgrade as well, like a double jump where you can jump off of an enemy and unlock like a, a yep. ground pound type attack, and then you know hit X and square at the same time to do a dash and close some gaps. So it's very fast, yep. very fast. Yeah, hold, hold square to light your sword on fire, which is great. Yep, yep. Um, I charged that one up real quick so that the charge, like, so, uh, or I mastered it, I guess is what they call it in the game, just to, to lower that <laughs> amount of time it takes. And, yeah, that's all I, I use that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, you also have Torgal, your your pet dog, who is also a combat item where you can give him commands to, like, heal uh, precision strikes or just a normal strike, uh, all kinds of things. So, again, this is, I mean, I'm I'm kind of avoiding the game on the Internet, but I'm sure there are some pretty flashy things out there. Um, yeah. Uh, the only one I really saw was this ability called Ignition, where you kind of, like, charge and skateboard around the map, and you can collect all the enemies and then explode on them. Uh, and Have it's great. Got, I, I finally I unlocked to, it. I was just about to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it, and it's it's awesome. It's it's just a, a great ability because not, not only did, yeah is it mobile, but it also collects all the enemies together. Right. So you know they're they're more manageable, mm-hmm. right? They're not all spread apart and hitting you from all angle. Crowd control is huge. But this is, but this is a big departure from normal Final Fantasy games. There's no pausing here. There's no taking a break. There's, you know, I they I mean they've been moving to active combat for a while now. Fifteen and seven mm-hmm. remake, but. Uh, this is this is different, and I wonder. I'm I'm assuming most people are enjoying it. I, I think most Final Fantasy fans are not complaining about this part of the game. At the I games. yeah I I the combat. I itself. think most people are enjoying it. Um, I will say when I picked up my copy at GameStop, the the attendant goes, "Oh man, so many people are mad about this." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Like I thought it was pretty positive. He's like, "Oh really? I love GameStop well, stories." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and my guess is he's like a certain coworker of ours who you know just kind of takes things uh, to a, the nth degree. But yeah, he's just like, yeah, right. you know, it's just you know people are a little upset with the combat. It's just not what they come to expect with Final Fantasy. So you know, my guess is he is in very. Mm, you know, this is an older gentleman, probably in his mid-40s, so my guess is he's partaking to some specific older video game circles on the internets, and yeah, sure. but but no, I think for the most part, if you're a modern video game person, it's just done so well that how could you be mad at it? Right, and I, I can understand if you're playing the opening, you know, the opening hours, because it is kind of limited. You're kind of only given a, a simple mm-hmm. skill set, and you're only unlocking a few things at once. But I think once they start introducing the other icon abilities, that you're gonna, that you can kind of see where you can, you can, the RPG element is there to where you can create 
you know, your Clive to be how you want to play. Like, you know, you want to, because Ramu is like very ranged attack. So it's like, if you want to, if you didn't, if you don't want to get up close and you just want to do a bunch of far uh, lightning attacks, like that option is there. You just have to get yeah. there. You know? The, uh, when I, when I, um, got Garuda, that, that first combat encounter, I had a big grin on my face. I was like, oh, okay. This is, <laughs> this is where it becomes like, you know, tricksy and cool and fun, you know? Because every yes. once in a while yeah, in these yeah. games, it's like you'll go through an, a fight and you'll be like, "Nah, I did okay." But every once in a while, you'll go through and you do it, you do it flawlessly, and it feels real good, real good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very you know, fun. For, like, like for I, example, I, you know, one of the things I love to do is with that flaming charge attack, it usually pops small enemies into the air. So then I'll use my Phoenix Dash, which is like you know, you kind of all of a sudden pop up right in front of them, hit them a couple times, ground mm-hmm. pound them down. And like, yeah, once you do that and you get through an encounter um, where, you know, they don't, they don't touch you. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And, and definitely later encounters uh, when they introduce like the bounty board and you're actually fighting well, enemies that require more skill too, you'll find that you're using your arsenal a lot better. Uh, and, That's- uh, you know, having to adjust and you know make make some changes to how you play the game because for the most part you are just fighting run of the mill enemies. You're, you're just getting acclimated. You know, nothing. The fights are a few fights are dragged out, but nothing's like I'm worried about my health. Yep. You know, yep, that's what they call good combat design. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the one RPG element that I think they that is justified is how RPG light this is. Um, in typical Final Fantasy games, you are equipping gear for you and your party. Um, you're only equipping gear for yourself, and that is a your sword, your belt, and your gauntlets, and three accessories. So three things that either increase cooldowns or increase your attack or... Uh, we can get into a little bit the automated ones that kind of make the game easier. If you want to make it easier, there's like an auto-dodge one and uh, one that automatically commands Torgal, which I've been using. But uh, these elements are very, very simple. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this far in the story, the the best ones of those have still been given to me through the story. I have not come across anything better than my current gear that the story has been given me, despite there being a blacksmith in the game. But he doesn't update. He can't work on your. He can't refine your uh, basic gear. He can only. He can only refine your basic mm-hmm. gear. This unique gear that you're getting through the story, he can't do anything with. So, um, I can see fans not liking that. But if, for me, I kind. I'm not a big micromanager. Like I don't care that I can't equip gear to Torgal or Sidolphus. Sure. Um, because I. Because I, I just. I don't know. It's just. It's just not something i find fun is inventory management and and gear management you know especially when it doesn't really change like physical appearance well good for you nick you know, it's just well good it's for just increasing you. the numbers who wants that who wants bigger numbers in an rpg well, but, i do uh, i do nick i do because that well there's diablo 4 for no, you but. well yeah i mean that that is one of my gripes with the game um you know and and kind of it's weirdly lacking in certain aspects, like you said, just with how good a lot of the other parts of the game is. I am kind of a little weirded out by by this part of it, you know, and especially coming from Elden Ring, I think that's playing a, an extra part of it where it is super um, heavy in the weapons department, the armor department, and I do like that part. I like being able to, um, you know, change kind of how um, my attacks and things will, um, you know, change up my combat style, but... 
you know, it makes sense in this game from a combat standpoint because they're really not trying to add the variety from the weapon standpoint. They're trying to add the variety from the icon ability standpoint. So I do understand that, but Mm -hmm. it does come across a little flat uh, in that way for me. But, you know, can't have it all, I suppose. (laughs) Well, I wonder wonder if they did it and removed it or I wonder what their reasoning behind that is or they just were looking to make a more streamlined game in the style of My, you know other games we see but it's funny that you know there's a big article on IGN that God of War Ragnarok is more RPG mm-hmm. than Final Fantasy 16 yeah. I mean and yeah it kind of My is. guess is that <laughs> this is the this is kind of the um how do you phrase it the trade-off for hiring a guy like Ryota Suzuki you know, when you think of a game like Devil May Cry, the previous games that he worked on, there is none of that. And so if you want his combat style and if you got to implement that into an RPG type game, you probably need to sacrifice some things. And I would imagine that's part of it because it's, if you start adding all these different numbers and tweaks and things, it probably throws off the balancing of the combat. Um, and they just decided that that's a more important element to this game would be my guess. Sure, sure. But... And again, this is our early impressions. Like, we'll see how things go when we're further into the game. But uh, just, yeah, early on, it's like there's not really a reason to explore the world because nothing is, nothing, is, yeah, nothing is new there. And uh, the game's been very linear. I know, especially for where you're at, John, but even where I'm yeah. at, they kind of let the, the leash off a little bit. They give you a few bounties, but there's not a lot there. It's like... Oh, I guess I'm already going back to the main story. Yeah, so. very few reasons to not just go from point A to point B, and that that is probably maybe my biggest gripe with it so far that I don't quite understand. And again, coming from games like Elden Ring and Tears of the Kingdom, that you know that's what these you know they do in spades might amplify that feeling a little bit. But I even think back to Final Fantasy X, which was honestly set up in a lot of similar ways, you know. But this is just more graphically beautiful, where there's foliage and leaves and things, but. Effectively, you're just kind of going down a long corridor with maybe some branches that go off here and there. Um, but what Final Fantasy X had was it had like a nice little mini map in the bottom right corner. It didn't take up a lot of real estate, but it basically showed you if like, hey, there might be a chest down this little jut out that you know you might have gone past if you mm-hmm. didn't see it. And usually at the end of that was a treasure chest, um, which would have a different you know it wouldn't just be two gill. Which man does that make me mad when I get when I <laughs> when I go to a little blue hey you you know this is an item and it's two fucking gill which is ridiculous right um you know yeah. but in fact you'd, you'd get a piece of armor you get a piece of equipment but you know again so maybe the combat is impacting that side of the game as well i'm not quite sure but uh yeah i wish that w- that side was a little bit better yeah yeah and uh, yeah and again like i know i keep saying this caveat like we're so right. early <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're just getting somebody who's 30 up. hours is like you fools you have no idea yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> you know because i even i think we both agree that the pacing has been weird it's been very cutscene heavy yep. uh just not, you're not playing the game very much and outside of the combat encounters so. i have seen people say um, about 75 percent of the game is cutscenes. So I don't know if that's like somebody hyperbolically making a statement or if that's true, but yeah, it's thus far it is. Right. But the windows. Sure. But but when I the, we'll but like out. I said, when those cinematics are jaw dropping, it's like all right, it's fine. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, let's just quickly touch on the icon battles, which is kind of uh, a little bit of a mix-up in which you actually take control of Ifrit and you fight against 
you know, other uh, icons. Um, they're they're kind of a little bit of an extension of the the, the normal combat. Um, you got kind of the same move set. You know, you got your square, the physical attack, your triangle, long range attack, and then you have like a charge ability. Um, how do you feel about that, John? How, well, how have you I've felt a, the, playing the one that you've done? Uh, yep, I've only done the one. Uh, <laughs> it was fine. I, you know, I've never been a big fan of like, um, you know, the big colossal fights that you're just effectively doing light attack and heavy attack, and that's kind of what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably the best version of that I've ever experienced. I mean, it's, you know, just from, just because you have <laughs> yeah. the, the graphical fidelity of this game. Um, but, you know, I, because I, I, I believe it was just square triangle and then a dodge type attack. And so when I fought Garuda, um, I kind of got my ass kicked a little bit. And I don't know if it was just intentional with like how the combat scenario was going to go, but like she got me down to, you know, a sliver of health. And that's when Ifrit's like final attack kicked in and I killed her. So like, I don't know if that was how it was supposed to go, but um, Hmm. I don't know. It felt a little clunky, but I I was happy it was there. It's a little good change of pace. Okay. Yeah. And I'll I'll say like, yeah, it opens up. Mm -hmm. Like the the second one is going to add. Be, is is bigger and better and has your, your there's more elements to it okay. so just stay tuned sure. for that so um but uh again we'll probably be bringing this back uh for a bit here as we play it um and then lead into a giant spoiler cast but uh do you have any closing thoughts about it before we move yeah on? my family needs to let me play it more <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i hear you no no i uh i'm excited to continue playing it um you know i because of my attachment to 10 it just gives me a good feeling in in my loins when i hear the the final fantasy music kind of the you know that kind of stuff um so really happy to be playing it it's cool yeah yeah for sure so all right, let's move on to our next topic. Sure. So, unbeknownst to me, uh, I stumbled upon Nick watching this by himself. He decided he didn't want to share with me, I guess. But yesterday, <laughs> we were uh, treated to a 34-minute Annapurna showcase. Um, and for those who don't know, uh, Annapurna is, I kind of view them as a, a AAA independent developer, um, slash, well, mostly they're publishers. But they kind of take a lot of the indie games. Um, you know, you think of What Remains of Edith Finch, Outer Wilds, um, my beloved Neon White. Stray, those kind of games, uh, and they are usually the publisher for them. So uh, they just kind of wanted to show, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a couple games in their pipeline. Uh, so we'll go over those real quick. But uh, biggest, I think the biggest announcement of the show um, was probably Blade Runner 2033. Um, and this is the first in-house developed game for Annapurna. Um, so um, they have only really exclusively been publishers since now, but they're, they're developing this one in-house. Uh, it's kind of marketed more as a narrative adventure, but it will take place between um, the events of the original Blade Runner movie from ni- 1982 uh, and in... Uh, between that and the most recent Blade Runner 2049. So uh, if you're a fan of that franchise, I think it's definitely going to be um, probably a pretty cool experience because Annapurna does narrative, you know, they have an eye for that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it, that, I, that's what is Blade Runner is going to be. It's not going to be a combat-focused game. But does this interest you at all, Nick? Are you excited or into the Blade Runner franchise at all? <laughs> well, it's funny. It is being led by Chelsea Hash, who did What Remains of Edith Finch. Good. So, uh, which maybe I, we get to kill some kids on the show. I you think we get to kill some kids. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just played this year. So yeah, I'm very excited. I I love the 
Blade Runner movies, and I think it's definitely a video game franchise that, or a franchise that needs that has not had its video game heyday. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, as much as Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is a lot like Blade Runner, it's not the same. And I I, I really like the, the if they can just grapple with the tone of um of the movies, you know, and the the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. That I love about that, I love about those movies. Then, yeah, this could be a great game. I'm, yeah, I'm excited yeah, for it. If Cyberpunk is the light, Blade Runner is the darkness. Like it's just, it, it has, it has a little <laughs> bit darker vibe to it. So, um, should be cool. Looking forward yeah. to that. But uh, uh, next, we got a release date for upcoming indie game Cocoon, um, which is coming out September 29th. Uh, looks pretty cool. I think it's going to be pretty puzzle heavy, where you're kind of this bug creature that you are able to go in and out of these orbs, which present themselves as an entire worlds once you get into them so uh, I don't know if it's going to be more combat focused or puzzle heavy uh, but I would look forward to that if you're kind of into games games of of that nature um, we got an announcement that Stray is coming to Xbox on August 10th so those people over on that side of the aisle can look forward to that then um, game of the year game, nominee game Stray. of the year nominee somehow um, now I, we're not going to go through all of these because some of these are kind of, kind of, you know, really, really small, like little updates to things. Um, but we got to really, as long as you cover one, there's one that you got to. Is it to a T? <laughs> no. no. Okay. <laughs> but this, but the, you brought it up. Describe that game. Sure, sure. So to a T. <laughs> uh, yeah, to a T is basically. Uh, I who was it done by? I was reading about it. They they did a. It's the uh, creator of Katamari yeah, Damacy. It is. I, I don't know his name okay. either. Sorry. Yep. So Katamari Damacy, if you know what that is, it's basically a game where you're a ball rolling up things to like kind of start taking over the world. So incre- Very incredibly crazy. But you're you play a character <laughs> who is <laughs> permanently stuck in a T pose, which is just a hilarious. <laughs> video game idea um you know for for those who might not know it's just basic it's like the most common uh uh character glitch when a, a character gets stuck in a t-pose it just looks absurd uh so you know mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of game this is it's got a really simplistic art style i think they kind of view view it as like a narrative silly game you know think of maybe like octodad and like those kind of experiences yes, but yes. uh you know it could be um one of those like call classic kind of games um it says it's gonna be episodic too which is interesting. really okay yeah, yeah it's, so it, I wonder how this game will be released. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, you know, I, as I was saying at the top here, it's like Annapurna is responsible for a lot of really, really, really solid games that people love. Some people think the Outer Wilds is, like, the greatest game of all time. Um, and so when you go to Annapurna's website, it's like the bottom of their website is filled with Neon White, Artful Escape, 12 Minutes, The Pathless, Outer Wilds, Don't, like, really good games. And then it's all these games. So it's like, I bet you a couple of these are going to be fucking awesome. We just don't know it yet. Uh, oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, they gave a release date for game Thirsty Suitors, which is November second, two thousand twenty-three. Uh, I don't know what to make of this game. It's it's. I'll just read the description. It's Thirsty Suitors stars Jala or Hala, uh, who throughout the game will have to confront her exes, deal with her demanding parents, get ready for her sister's wedding, and so much more in this game that is also a stylish celebration of South Asian culture. But I looked at a little bit of gameplay, and you're basically skateboarding around and doing tricks, but it seems like there's this kind of extra, I don't know, like Scott Pilgrim element to it. with like Yeah, it's got like turn-based combat. Yeah, so, so it... This could be one of those games that I was kind of mentioning that that it might have something special about it. You just kind of can't tell from from the trailers and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. 
And let's see what else we got. We got a uh, a trailer for a Lush Foil Photography Sim, which... That's the game. Oh, that's the one. Okay, cool. Uh, this game, <laughs> you know, it's one of those uh, sim games, obviously, but but its graphics look realistic um, based on real-world mm-hmm. locations uh, where basically you're just taking pictures. Um, you know, if you're into really chill experiences, um, you know, this could definitely be something for you. You know, I, I am a mountain climber. I like to go to nature-type places. So, you know, sometimes there is scenarios where it's like, I just want to chill. And I'm going to go take some pictures on top of Mount Everest. Sounds like a good experience to me. Um, are you, are yeah. you, are you, yeah. in, are you interested in this one, Nick? Like, are you, do you think you, um, my, my, uh, my girlfriend will be very interested in this. She loves photography, okay. but, uh, and it looks very chill and I'm usually, I hate to say it. I wish I could enjoy games like this more, yeah. but I, you know, I need that fast paced combat and that, that dopamine that I normally get from playing, you know, Street Fighter or Final Fantasy right now, you know, it's like, it's hard for me to look at this game and be like, oh, I'll just sit down and spend a couple hours doing mm-hmm. this. It's like, I, my nerves just won't relax sure. to this. I understand that. You need to smoke some marijuana, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that <laughs> no, would help. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely hear you. Um, I will say, like, I, I looked it up a little bit. It does sound like I might check it out if it comes to extra. I don't think I would buy this game, but if it comes to extra, I could see myself playing it because it says there's uh, secrets and hidden objectives that will actually help you become a better photographer, which, like, my my friend Brian, who lives out in Colorado, best friend in the world, he's gotten really into photography in the past five years, and, like, he sends me some amazing pictures every once in a while of the mountains, um, and I just think, like, mm-hmm. if there's, like, a platinum trophy to this game, and I can just do, like, th- a three-hour platinum where I just go take dope pictures of awesome spots on the world, it could be cool. I might do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and it's a good to point out the PlayStation Plus extra thing because, again, Stray, which they also published, was, you know, that led this whole PlayStation Plus extra initiative. It was the big game sure. uh, that I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked that at least a few of these games are day and date on PlayStation Plus extra. Now that you say it, yeah, I mean, I think what remains of Edith Flinch has come to Essentials. Donut County has come to Essentials. Outer Wilds has come to Essentials. Uh, Twelve, the Pathless hasn't. Twelve Minutes hasn't. Artful Escape has. So they have, yeah, you're right. They got a history. Good catch. Yep. Um, And then only really two other games. Uh, There's a a game called Flock, um, which looks a little too artsy for me. You're kind of going around this really... um, I don't know, artsy kind of open world setting where you're coming across weird creatures and they follow you around and you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what the point is. Any, anything to say about that one, Nick? Cool. No, no, it, it, it looked, it looked different, but again, it's not yep. for me. I just, and then lastly, a game called Storyteller is headed to Netflix. So I'm curious. I don't know if this is like the Netflix phone game thing, how I played into the breach or if this is like actually coming to, um, the browser itself, but it's a puzzle game based game where you kind of have these little comic panels and you modify things and not for me, but, um, you know, find it interesting that it's coming to Netflix. So, uh, that was the Annapurna showcase. So not bad for, for, you know, like a little didn't know it was happening kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I recommend everyone just check it out because it's 30 minutes. It was very concise. Their games are all over the gambit. We didn't even talk about all yep. of them. But uh, there's probably going to be at least a few games that would they are going to pop up on your radar that aren't going to get the presence at a Sony showcase or a, you know Xbox showcase because they're just too small. But yeah. no, they're, they're game, they, they have an eye for 
different and interesting titles. So, amen. All right. So, speaking of Microsoft, they are currently, <laughs> well, it ended, but they were in court battling the FTC over their acquisition of Activision Blizzard. And while I will not bore us with talking about every detail of that, because there was a lot, there has been a lot of quotes, because they interviewed Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan and uh, the CEO of Microsoft. I forget his name now. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Uh, Satya Nadella. Uh, and a bunch of silly comments have come out from mm-hmm. this. So, And it's just some interesting information. So uh, I picked about, I think, uh, one, two, three, six things that I, I, I brought uh, from it. And <laughs> <laughs> the first one is, is that the thing that triggered Microsoft to buy ZeniMax and Bethesda was when they heard that Sony was going to make a deal with them to make Starfield exclusive to PlayStation 5. Yes. Now, that is... <laughs> Could you imagine if that did go through? Oh, my God. Like, what? What? You, this year would be insane. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think Microsoft saw that problem, and it was worth $7 billion <laughs> to them. <laughs> You know, yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah if so we don't have this game or, uh, you know, if that's not coming to us, we know our pipeline's fucked. Like, we're, we're, we're done. We're done. Yeah. I mean, talk about this year. It has all been on Bethesda's shoulders between Hi-Fi Rush, Redfall, and now Starfield. And nothing like, last year. That would have been two years of nothing. And there's a Forza game coming this year, so I won't, I won't discount them. Sure. But other than that, uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is nuts. So... So yeah, and and we saw a lot of that because Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop were Sony exclusives each for a year. Mm-hmm. So this would probably have been the same. Like Sony would have had exclusivity with Starfield for one yeah. year, yep. but uh, that still would have been bonkers. That they, yeah, Xbox would be in big trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you know, you could really. F- I don't think it's it's hard to really explain how bad of a scenario Microsoft was in in that in, in 2019. I mean, that PS4 was destroying them, absolutely destroying them. It didn't nothing down on the horizon. They yeah they they saw the moment and said, we either spend seven billion dollars now or we maybe give up. I think the Xbox brand. I think that's how dire the situation was for them in that moment. Right, right, right. So <laughs> very interesting. And then the next thing is Elder Scrolls 16 is announced. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, a Microsoft lawyer speaking with the judge accidentally spoke. He's, he was clarifying that there are two Elder Scrolls games. One is online called Elder Scrolls Online. That is a multiplayer game. It is on PlayStation today. The game he's talking about, Elder Scrolls 16, <laughs> the projected release is 2026 as a single-player game. Uh, <laughs> idiots. So, <laughs> obviously he was referring to Elder Scrolls 6, not 16. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he was thinking about Final Fantasy 16. Maybe he wanted to go home and play <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. But, uh... <laughs> but, uh not only is that absurd, but the absurdity that an Elder Scrolls 6 is coming in 2026 no is not even no close. Chance, dude. Not even close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took what? It took nine, eight years to develop Starfield, <laughs> right? And, yeah. And yeah, yeah. 
I got to imagine they ha- they had a small team working on things for Elder Scrolls Six, but there's no way they've had more than pre-production type things going for that. They right, had to, you exactly. know, because of how important Starfield was. I imagine they might have initially thought 2026 was going to be the case, and maybe the lawyer was looking at a document from five years ago. But uh, but no, right. that, that, that's getting pushed. <laughs> it's not coming up. Yeah, <laughs> but just the a silly yep. thing. Um, and then another interesting stat is that if they made Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox, Game Pass would have to grow by two million per year to justify that purchase, that exclusivity. That's how much Sony, the how much money that franchise makes on PlayStation is that they would have to get two million subscribers every year additional to justify the loss in revenue from taking away from PlayStation. Yeah, didn't so. they say like last year, like there's $800 million that Sony grossed in just like pure revenue from, from Call of Duty or something like that. Yeah, and, and they also mentioned about Minecraft is that the player base on Xbox is uh, one half of the users on PlayStation. So twice as many people are playing on PlayStation, mm-hmm. Minecraft, and four times as many players are playing on Nintendo Switch. Oh, well. So that is that is why they can't pull the Minecraft from those platforms. Wow. Um, <laughs> all right, and then the fourth thing is that the CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, blames Sony for console exclusivity. He says, in quote, if it was up to me, I would love to get rid of the entire exclusives on consoles, but that's not for me to define, especially as a low share player in the console market. The dominant player there, Sony, has defined market competition using exclusives, so that's the world we live in, and I have no love for that world. (laughs) Hey, I'm the CEO of Tesla. I would love to get rid of gasoline cars, but you know, Ford's just really made it really hard for us to do that. It's like, what do you do? Like, it just makes no sense. Of course you would, you would hate, you would want them to get rid of it. You guys don't know how to do that. And that's what Sony's bread and butter, which hence won them the console wars. Like I, of course. (laughs) Right. And it's not like exclusive existed before Sony ever existed as a, as a competitor, you know, Nintendo and Sega had their exclusives. That's the whole software drives your console. First and foremost, all the bells and whistles you can put on a console, Xbox Live, Xbox Game Pass, you know, those are great in theory. But if you don't have the games and you can't make the games, that's why you're losing. Not according to Phil Spencer. So, <laughs> so yeah. whoops, I don't, I don't I don't quite buy that that line. I mean, just, if you if you think so highly of it, be the first one yeah. to do it. Just do it. You, you'll get money, right? Because you'll be. Like you'll get that money, like Minecraft. Like if you have Call of Duty on PlayStation, they, that money's still going to you. So you know, put your money where That's your mouth a great is. Point. If you think That's so, a great point. You know, yeah, it'd be it'd, be, it'd be interesting, man. I mean, Starfield would sell like hotcakes on PlayStation. You know, it it it's yeah. once again has approximately. You know, we don't know because Microsoft never says the numbers, but it has probably two to one console sales. There's more of an install base. People love those big, big, big Bethesda games. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it, dude. Let's see it. You know, you know who, who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe Sony will put the Last of Us multiplayer game on Xbox. You know, maybe we'll maybe that's the the bridge that we need to you know one step towards world peace. It all starts with video games. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and then we got a quote from Phil Spencer next that the console wars are a social construct. 
As the Council Wars is a social contract with the community, I would never want to count out count our community out. They're big fans. If you look at our mar- our share in the console space over the last 20 plus years, we're third place. We are behind Sony and Nintendo and console share globally. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like a big pity party, dude. Like it's it's this yeah. this whole this whole thing going back all the way to January of last year. You know, we've been talking about this for 18 months now. It's like this whole thing has just been like one big pity party for you know oh we can't compete with sony they they they're so good we need this otherwise we're dying and it's like <laughs> yeah i guess that's true but it's it doesn't mean that you can just pull out your pocketbook and and disrupt the whole industry because you feel like well we're in third place so we deserve it it's like i'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not fully against the acquisition, you know, whatever. If it happens, it happens. I'm not a big Activision guy, so it's not the biggest of deals to me. But it's just, I don't know, it just screams like an elitist type person bemoaning that they don't get to, you know, buy the thing, the, the pretty shiny thing that they wanted. I don't know. I, the whole thing has just gotten so tiresome. So, so tiresome. And, <laughs> and I just like the idea that, sure, Council Wars is a fan term, but it is a competition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, they're your competitor. Mm-hmm. Like they produce a, the, the exact same thing you're producing. They, they deploy the, the exact same first party strategy and everything else. So it, it, the comparison's always going to be nope, there. Nope. Twitter, Twitter know, caused the, con- the Council War. It's only it's Twitter's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's Social only existence on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just it's it'll always be there, and and, and it's great. The console war is a great thing. Like uh, it makes them both better. So I don't. Well, that that's kind of <laughs> one of the weirdest takes I've seen online. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I say I don't peruse both the Xbox and PlayStation subreddits. And you know, there's a lot of people on the Xbox side that are kind of like, no, I agree, Exclu- exclusives are dumb. They shouldn't exist. And I just you know, if, if it should just be about which machine is better, and I feel like people that say those kind of things just really don't know how to th- how to look at the whole picture. It's like, do you realize if if Sony and Microsoft no longer had console exclusives and it's simply about the power of the machine, then one of those is going to win. Like it, it's one of those is going to be more powerful. It's going to take the entire market share, thus removing any competition from the other party. And guess what? Competition's good for one another. Yes, Sony's been dominating the last ten years, but before that. That, you know, Xbox was dominating, and it caused Sony to figure out what they needed to do to separate their business. And guess what they figured out? They go, we're going all in on the single-player experience. Uh, you know, it's not what the trends are. It's not that multiplayer, you know, that's, this was the time where multiplayer games were, were owning. And they decided, you know, we got to change course. They did, and it reaped them benefits, you know. And I just wish Microsoft's up upper management, CEO-level type people would kind of take that, you know, take that aspect of it a little more seriously like look we have 20 20 plus studios we might not get it next year we might not get it the year after that but if we start building something like they did maybe we can get there instead of just trying to break out the pocketbook because you know, I don't know if you have any more more quotes, Nick, but like they're talking about we're we're gonna we want to buy Sega, we want to buy Zynga, we want to buy Bungie, we want to buy Square Enix, and we want to outcost or we want to buy Sony out of the industry. And it's just like I don't know, man. That just reeks of nefarious type shit to me. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I think those were like in theory, but yeah, the emails with Matt Booty from 2019 where he where he was referring to that is that they were going to, you know, that they want to outspend Sony and buy him out of the industry. Yeah. So No, no, no. Um, Can't do so, that. But yeah, 
Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Games drive consoles, and that's how it just that's just how it is. So no one's gonna give uh, give that no. up. Happy know. to be playing Final <laughs> Fantasy 16 right now. Unless they have a complete no over like unless they're like the Apple Store, or Google Store, or Steam. You know they have such a share uh, over. They take over the market so hard that you know like there's not there's no competition. Yep. Yep. You know, but uh. No, the last thing is a news item. It came from Pete Hines, where unfortunately he revealed the Indiana Jones game from Machine Games. This is not really surprising. It is exclusive to Xbox. Mm -hmm. So that Indiana Jones game will not be coming to PlayStation, which is unfortunate. Apparently it's both first and third person, so I'm curious to see what kind of game that is, but... I don't know if it gets rave reviews. Uh, you know, maybe I'll. I do own an Xbox. Maybe we'll still be able to hear about it on the show. We'll see. <laughs> if yeah. I ever turn my Xbox but, on uh, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I got. So there's. A, I mean, I. Um, shout out to Tom Warren of The Verge. If you really want to get into all these quotes and more and more stuff, uh, if you really want to see everything that's said, he they he, they have a bunch of great write ups on The Verge. Uh, about this and that's where I pulled these from so check it out if uh, you want to see all the more ridiculous stuff that's said sure. so I will say one thing all I right, do want to say on. is uh, I find it funny that uh, b- both I think Jim Rye or like the PlayStation side and the Microsoft side were caught a little bit during all this uh, specifically when Microsoft mm-hmm. said that uh, um you know, the only people that are against this deal are the FTC and the CMA. And so, you know, lo and behold, saying that, then the Canadians spoke up and they're like, no, 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 we don't want this deal either. And then Australia and New Zealand are like, no, 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 we don't either. So I find it kind of funny that, you know, they keep kind of saying things that maybe um, might shoot themselves in the foot. And then uh, on the Jim <laughs> Ryan side, uh, crap, what did he say? I'm not prepared. Um, <laughs> hold on. I'm pretty sure we were Were you... I know I don't want to do that. Were you interested in hearing the budgets for The Last of Us Part Two and Horizon Forbidden West? Did that did that shock you at all that they're both two hundred plus million games no, to develop? No, not at all. Video games make more money yeah. than movies do nowadays. So like you know, if it, it it makes sense that it's proportionally the same or a little bit more than than big budget movies. Um, and you know, yeah, yeah, and they take longer to make yeah. and more people typically. Yep. You know. Yeah, no, exactly. So, oh, I remember my Jim Ryan thing. And then Jim Ryan, uh, he apparently was saying that, oh, I've spoken with every publisher, uh, and every publisher hates Game Pass. And then, then like, I think, my, I think Microsoft <laughs> came out and they're like, well, no, actually, there's a lot of publishers and developers that, you know, they've put multiple games on our platform. So, uh, you know, and I, do, and I do believe there is a space for a specific kind of developer to put their games on Game Pass. So, uh, it's just kind of funny watching these guys try to throw blows at one another and then get rebuked on the other end. <laughs> but well, there's always going to be external cases, so it's not like yeah, yeah. Can you find a developer that likes Game Pass? Sure. Can you find a developer that doesn't like Absolutely. Game Pass? Sure. Yep. I, th- you know, I think so the smaller teams it's... might like it. Bigger teams probably not so much. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll know in two weeks. Apparently there should be a decision in two weeks, and we can put this thing to bed. Yep, for sure. All right, might be next week. All right, Nick, are you ready for a game? No, no, I don't like I, your games. We've established this on I know, the show. I know, but you know, with how slow <laughs> we are with news, you know, sometimes you need one of John's dumb, dumb games. And you know, okay. so as you refer to this game, it's called John's Dumb Game. Uh, what we're gonna do here, Nick? <laughs> we're gonna go through ten questions. Not, not so much oh, really boy. questions. These are these are ten different trophy titles that I have found uh, throughout games, and I got four multiple choices for you to kind of to see if you can guess which game the trophy is from. 
All right. Okay, I got Google up. Oh, shoot you, up. you shoot me. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I know you're not a cheater. You're a good guy. All right. So I tried to do my best. You know, these uh, aren't too hard, I don't think, but we'll see. All right. First okay. one is called Stage Fright. It is from, is it oh, from boy. A, Puppeteer, B, Uncharted 4, C, Persona 4, <laughs> or D, Game of Thrones, A Telltale Series? And I do have the I Got do it. have the description of the trophy if you need a hint. Well, you would think puppeteer is the like the, the <laughs> is the the answer because of uh, you are usually a puppeteer yeah, on a stage. A stage, yes, stage is, um, is the game. But a stage is very can be anything. I don't I don't think it's Uncharted Four. Let's go with puppeteer. Puppeteer. No, it is B, Uncharted 4. So just prior to the city chase, you have to stand perfectly still for 30 seconds. Stage demo fail in parentheses. I don't know if you remember when this game was showed off for the very first time. Uh, The controller wasn't working or something went wrong. And so Drake was just standing there for 30 seconds. So they decided to put a little nod to that and put a a trophy into that. Oh, that's cute. It is cute. All right, number two. It's called You Know Nothing. You Know Nothing. Is that A, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, B, Dragon Quest XI, C, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, or D, It Takes Two? Oh, boy. I'll give you the trophy. It's Kill kill, <laughs> kill Koch Before His Speech Ends. Oh, it's Call of Duty, right? It is Call of Duty. Do you know why it's called You Know Nothing? <laughs> no. Because that's... I'm sure it's a Game of Thrones Koch, reference. Koch is played by Kit Harington. Oh, yeah, okay. Kit Harington of Jon Snow fame. <laughs> All right, I think you can get yep. this one. Put the posse on a pedestal, which is just, that's a great, great trophy title. Is that from <laughs> A, Duke Nukem Forever, B, Red Dead Redemption, oh C, Saints Row, or D, Borderlands 3? Ooh. And remember, you can, get, you can get the hint if you need it. Ooh. So it, it, is some, it is vulgar, but so Duke Nukem would do this, but... Duke Nukem's not that clever. Sure, he is a, he is a I mean, You don't have a posse. <laughs> uh, oh boy, I want to. I want to. I'm gonna go with Red it Dead. It is Red Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Attain, okay. attain over fifty thousand posse points in a single free roam session. Oh boy! Wow. All right. Number four, Daywalker. Is that A. World War Z, B. South Park: The Stick of Truth, C. Back for Blood, or D. Batman: Arkham Knight? Daywalker. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with South Park yes. on this one. Can you can you can you guess what that's <laughs> referencing? Uh, isn't that a ref- referring to Ginger's? Yeah. If you defeat the bo- if you defeat the <laughs> boss hole monitor while wearing freckles, you'll get the Daywalker trophy. <laughs> All right, number five. Dot dot dot. I did it for the trophy. Is that A. Near Automata, B. Mass Effect, C. Yakuza Zero, or D. Grand Theft Auto Five? Dot dot dot. I did it for the trophy. <laughs> that's a good one too because I'm sure it was something ridiculous yes it is I'm a, and time consuming I'm gonna give you it's watch a sexy movie <laughs> oh, it's Yakuza, it's Yakuza right? yep it's Yakuza <laughs> yeah there's like I think 20 different uh, sexy movies that you can that you can watch at any point in the, in the game Ooh, what kind of sexy movies I don't movies? know play, play Yakuza Zero it's great I guess, yeah, I, gotta, I guess I gotta find out. All right, number six. I love this trophy title. What are you doing 
What are you doing? Is that A, Surgeon Simulator, B, Persona 4, C, Fallout 4, or D, Near Automata? Hmm, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's just one, what are you doing? This is, what no. are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm going to say this is near. Yeah, this is the, the infamous, <laughs> this is the infamous near trophy yeah. where you have to. All right, so two B's secret is discovered ten times, uh, which uh, it's looking up her skirt, folks. It's looking up her skirt. That's the secret. <laughs> oh, you those Japanese developers. And yes, I do have the near automata platinum. So yes, I do have the platinum for Near Automata, so uh, I did get that. I did have to get that trophy. All right, number seven, Turd Burglar. Is that South Park: The Fractured But Whole, Psy- Psychonauts Two, Spyro: The Dragon Three, or Duke Nukem Forever? I gotta say that's Duke Nukem Forever. Yep, find and steal a piece of poo. Great, great trophy. Clever, very clever. Yep. Well, you know, Duke Nukem is forever, so you know, hopefully it's not the last time we have to bring him up on the podcast. <laughs> All right, number eight, murderer, murderer. Okay. Is that Destroy All Humans 2, Goat Simulator 3, The Witcher 3, or Red Dead Redemption? Ooh. Kill 20 cows is the trophy. It does no, that's no hint, so I'll just give it to you. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's Red Dead Redemption because there was a trophy for killing all the buffalo. Oh, wow. Yeah, you kill them all and they don't come back. Um, oh, poor buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what were the cho- the other three choices? Destroy Witcher All three. Humans Two, Witcher Three, and Goat Simulator Three. I'm gonna just go with Destroy All Humans. This is your beloved Witcher. Oh, really? Uh, yep, yep. Got to kill twenty cows, and you will get that. Why? Would, why would you want to do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a dumb. All right, so number nine. I love I love what you have to do to get this trophy for number nine. So it's titled Super Go Outside. Okay. Is that A, the Stanley Parable, B, Fallout 3, C, Steep, or D, Super Meat Boy? I have a feeling this is Stanley Parable. Yeah, your instincts are correct. <laughs> do, do you know what you have to do? No, uh-uh. Do not play the game for 10 years. Oh, yes. Okay, I did hear about that one. I just didn't yeah. know what the title was. So. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, all right, and then finally, number 10. I wasn't saying I'd like her more if she wanted to get with Abe Lincoln. That'd be super gross because he's dead and very tall. Is that A, Assassin's Creed 3, B, Fallout 3, C, Brutal Legend, or D, Drawn to Death? I don't think it's Fallout 3. Because why would you reference Abe Lincoln? But, or Assassin's Creed 3. You said Assassin's Creed 3, Fallout 3? Yep, Assassin's Creed 3, Fallout 3, Brutal Legend, Drawn to Death. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brutal Legend on that one. That seems yeah, like, yeah. that seems like uh, what's his name, Tim? Uh, Tim Schafer? Yeah, Tim Schafer. I tricked you. Ha, that was my exact intention. No, it's D, Drawn to Death. That's, oh. that, that is out of the mind of David Jaffe. Okay, sure. Yep. So <laughs> that, that entire that entire trophy list is like one long stupid story. So I just pulled oh. out the Abe Lincoln one. Yeah. But okay. yeah, because you just have to place in the top three three hundred times. Okay. So. <laughs> All right, that's my game, Nick. You did pretty well. Yeah, you did I think pretty so. well. Some of your your instincts your instincts served you well. Yeah, I, f- I play video games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure do. All right, let's move on. All right, so. Uh, 
bring in some gameplay uh, footage here that I just I simply have to talk about, Nick. Um, you know, one of the biggest games from the summer festivities that was kind of weirdly missing. Um, was Armored Core 6. You know, we know the release date, we know it's coming in August, but uh, being that E3 season was over, didn't see any gameplay of it, you know, didn't know when that was going to come, and I guess uh, From Software kind of decided to just do the, the weirdest thing imaginable and just drop a random day, a four and a half minute <laughs> weird segmented gameplay trailer of the game. But... Uh, I do have a lot of, of thoughts on it, and you know, obviously, I'm super excited being a From Software mega fan. Um, so, uh, right off the bat, Nick, what are your high-level thoughts uh, of what you saw of the game? Like, uh, you know, is it something? Did it make you more excited for the game, or same or less? Um, well, this is the Game Informer cover, so I, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Is it this, oh, sure. the next Game Informer is all about Armored Core? Um, yeah, that makes sense. So it's weird. I have played Armored Core. I don't remember a lot about it, but watching this, I'm starting to remember a lot. I because I knew you could customize your mech. I remember I you could do have different legs and weapons, and you had kind of had to balance like weight and heat and kind of and stuff like that. And uh, first and foremost, this game looks really nice. It's very it flashy. Uh, the frame rate looks great. The movement looks great. Um, they are definitely filling some kind of void in mech combat because mech combat is pretty dope. Um, that being said, the f the footage is weirdly cut. It's not like a straight like watch a guy play through a level. It's like watch a guy do a couple things, fade to black, come see another clip, and over and over again. And so I, I'm curious as to how the game will play. Like what what is, what is my moment from starting a mission to playing through an entire mission? But uh, mm -hmm. from what I saw there, it looks great. I'm like, I know John, you're not big into customization, but when they started no, I might going be into this one. The, the different uh, legs and armor, and then they would use applying different colors and paints to it, I'm like, Ooh. so yeah. this there's just. I just have There's a, something extra about like designing a mech as opposed to like a person that just you know I won't see their face most of the time anyway. And I, I'm always curious when games are shown like this, like very sparingly, are they either covering up that the game isn't very good, <laughs> or yeah. or or is the game very good? I think coming from this, I'm. I'm excited, but I'm still on. I need to see reviews for it. I'm not gonna plop down money for this out of the yeah. out of the gate. But uh, what were your thoughts on the on the footage? Yeah, well, no, from your last point there, yeah, it is strange. It's we're less than two months out, and so for to not have like just a nice meaty gameplay straight of it yet mm -hmm. is is rather weird. But um, I'm pretty amped for this. I mean, I. From Software is probably the, the studio that I have the absolute most amount of faith in. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't believe that From Software Studios are the same from or software from software studios they were 11 years ago when Armor Core 5 came out. So I would expect this to be the greatest Armored Core by far. Like that's just where my expectations are at this point with this team. Um, but what I saw of from the gameplay side of it, uh, I think it is doing a lot of interesting things. You know, they really did a, a, a 
good job showing off the freedom of this world that you're in it almost feels like an evolution of an open world formula for me like i don't know again i don't know is this mission based is it is it open world we don't really know what it is but what i can tell is there's a ton of verticality to it yes. uh, and and there's a lot of open spaces to it which kind of tells me that you're going to have this you know very 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 incredible amount of freedom again being that it's from soft and what they just did with elden ring I would imagine they're going to take a lot of those lessons forward and at least from an open world standpoint, like it would be a little weird to me if they went back and just did like a mission structure type game. It's, it's possible. I've never played an armored core game, so maybe that's how the old ones were. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if they are able to pull off some sort of uh, open world that that's interconnected and fleshed out where you're adding these verticality to it because, you know, the mechs are you're just flying around zipping here and there. Uh, the combat looks real, real fun. Um, I think it could be like an evolution of an open world formula, hopefully, uh, if it if it is a game like that. Um, you know, it, it definitely screams a lot of souls combat to me, uh, but you know, a lot more ranged you're locking onto enemies. It seems like you're, you're using Mm -hmm. a dash to kind of go back and forth. The bosses seem the exact type of big menacing, uh, type of things you would experience in a a typical souls fight. Um, but I, I think it's going to be great. I, I, I do. (laughs) I just, I can't see at this point from software missing. I, I think they've simply learned too much about game design, enemy design, world design. I'm sure there's going to be some weird ass story hidden in the uh in the descriptions of things that you know not not a reason that i get into souls games but a lot of people like that side of it Mm. um yeah i just it's a weird way to present the game for the first time uh don't know don't quite know why they did that they might just be feeling simply invincible they might just be like look we're from (laughs) software you know we know who we are um and we know that you guys are going to want to play this game because a we think it's dope they probably know it's dope so they're just going to show it off and i think it is like you said I don't think they're hiding a bad game. I think they just have a lot of confidence in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm not going to pre-order it, but I, I will. If I, I expect it to be above an 85, and if it is, I'll probably get it within the first week of it coming out, most likely. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. If it's if it's good, because again, it's filling kind of a void and. They can really nail that combat and that customization, and you just are seeing a bunch of crazy builds online. Um, it's, it's definitely all eyes on this game for sure. Like I think, but I, I just I'm just curious. I want to I want to know what the final product is. Yeah, you know, just like yeah, like like you mentioned the customization, dude. Like there was parts of the trailer where you're you're you know you're dashing towards an enemy and using a big melee sword, or you know you're pulling out a shield attachment to be able to kind of block a lot of bullets and, and get a little bit in close. And when they showed the customization of the mechs, it's like that's stuff that I think you're gonna attach. And so mm-hmm. um, you know they're gonna have to do a, a really great job with the enemy design, the level design, uh, to make sure that you know all of these fights are fun from any of the specific angles that you want to attack it. But again. Yeah because of of this team and what their you know Elden Ring would have that same exact challenge you know you can play that game as a double melee guy you can play it completely mm-hmm. ranged you can do all these different things and it works and i think you know it's this is a different team i do believe like it's it's a different director it's not Miyazaki i know that um, so you know you have a different guy at the helm but uh, i imagine there's a lot of a lot of ideas that are shared throughout the studio from software only has like 330 people so it's not the biggest team in the world and um yeah august 25th armor core 6 
fires of Rubicon, I uh, I think it'll be a sleeper hit. I do. Yeah, yeah, it'll it, it'll be here before we know it, and so we'll know very shortly. So yeah, it's really the next kind of big release, I think. Like truly oh, big one. Exoprimal. Don't forget about <laughs> Exoprimal. Right, so yeah, you got Exoprimal, Oxen Free Two, and uh, you know, I think there's something else coming out the end of July that is just totally not for me. So I'm not interested. But this one, two thumbs up. <laughs> All right. So we got there. We're at the final topic, and it's going to be a brief one. Uh, it's the PlayStation Plus Essentials games for July. Again, the first Tuesday of every month, if you're subscribed to at least the PlayStation Plus Essential uh, tier, you get access to three free games. So here's what they are. The first one is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War from Treyarch and Raven Software. Uh, this is currently sitting at a 75 on Open Critic. Hmm. Next up is Alan Wake Remastered from Remedy Entertainment. Trying to get you hyped up for Alan Wake 2 coming in October. This is this is certainly this is currently sitting at an 80 on Open Critic. And then finally, we have an indie game, Endling Extinction is Forever from Hero Beat Studios and Handy Games. This is currently sitting at a 79 on Open Critic. John, what are your thoughts on these three games? Any? Are you gonna play any? Yeah, I can't wait to kill every animal in Endling and just oh, end God. extinction for all all life on Earth. I can't wait. That game looks like a bummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you're, you're the title's gonna have to a problem. bummer. <laughs> and like the, yeah, the title's a bummer. The cover, there's a, a mother fox with three cubs behind. It's not going to end well. I can't do it. Yep, yep. So, <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to play any of these. I mean, I, um, Nick and I are actually currently watching or, you know, pause for the time being, but just a, a full playthrough of Alan Wake just to get the story that's all i really want i don't i've heard this is an especially dated combat system um that i have no interest in Mm -hmm. in suffering through just to get the story so i'd much rather us continue just the watch through of that but that's the only one that i'm interested in in any way i'm not going to go back and play call of duty i'm 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 too I'm too mature for Call of Duty now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think I'll be touching any of those, uh, especially currently as, you know, <laughs> we're in the midst of a Final Fantasy game, so mm-hmm. uh we'll see. I don't know. I'll I'll add them and then go from there, but yeah. Yeah, I'll always add them. You know, if if yeah, anybody listening, always add them. It doesn't hurt to do that, you know. Yeah. But you know, maybe Maybe they add some DLC to Endling, and 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 you get to save all the animals again, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it turns it into a, a, a must must play experience. You're right. <laughs> so add it. So yeah, July fourth, uh, they'll be available for to add and download. So all right, all right. that that was six things. Uh, John, do you have anything to tease for next week? Yeah, I can't wait to kick your ass in Street Fighter on Monday, so we can talk about that. <laughs> hey, man, and I just I just made it to the silver in rank, so I'm climbing. Yeah. You're talking to the kid, all right? I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna take on the senseis. You're gonna you're not gonna know what's hit you. Okay. Not gonna know what hit you. All right. But yeah. No. So look forward to Nick talking about how uh, he destroyed me in Street Fighter. Um, but no, I'm just, yep, Final Fantasy uh, is trying to take up all my time. Uh, I did get Cult of the Lamb um, because I have no inhibitions, as we've established. Mm-hmm. And um, But, you know, from the little I've played of it, pretty fun, digging it. Um, I'm sure I'll bring that once I beat it and get some more thoughts on it. But uh, no, no, I uh, just, uh, just Final Fantasy, baby. Yeah, 
yeah, that's that's my focus too. It will be Street Fighter and Final Fantasy will be my thing, so I won't be touching anything else. Um, and I don't. And it is a holiday in the states and Canada next week, so news will be especially slow. So we'll have to bring some fun topics. I think I want to talk yeah. about SIDS. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. What's up Sids with Canada fun. stealing our holiday? I know I don't remember as a kid like Canada having a, a holiday at the same time we did too. What, is this uh, always been a thing? Yeah, yeah, it's always been uh, a thing. I think you're just your insensitivity mm, is yeah. Is those Canadians, those Canadians, <laughs> stop stealing all our. No, Canada's a way better place than the United States is. Trust me. <laughs> good save. Good save. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so we'll probably have some topics. And then uh, continue talking about Final Fantasy. Um, just probably just some smaller highlights as as the, and uh, as the game expands and more systems. Uh, like I said, I just got to the bounty board and other things like that. So uh, there will be no story story spoilers, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll probably be too excited to not talk about it. So mm-hmm. um, so all right. So that's it. We're moving on to the song, and of course. This week was the uh, uh, Game Awards concert. I wish we could have gone, John. It sounded awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Jack yeah, Black played there. Uh, Santoala played Last of Us. Um, they did Elden Ring. They did so many things. It, it sounds like it was a great experience all around. But uh, what they did have is they released the title track for Spider-Man 2. And... Uh, as we've talked about in this show, we're we're a little we're a little bit hyped for that game. So mm, who isn't? <laughs> so even though it's 112 112 days away, we're gonna get a little bit hyped here as you listen to the the title track "Greater Together" by John Pazano. Pazano. Paisano, uh, hey Paisano. Paisano. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a great track. It kind of looks like it kind of mixes the various themes. It's got the Peter Parker theme, the Miles theme, and then Hip-hop, I'm assuming maybe, and then what the ending theme sounds like Venom's theme. So, <laughs> yeah. so a good mix of uh, all three, uh, and it's great. It's a good listen. So enjoy this the is song. The, this is the first confirmation that you will be able to play as Venom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> that part of my prediction is true. Just not the co-op part unfortunately so yep idiot (laughs) (laughs) don't be so mean (laughs) all right so that's it we'll be back next week with six more things thanks for listening bye-bye see you guys